0: Hey, now. What the fuck? not miss. Oh yeah, I got the perfect song for the kids to sing, and all my people that's drug dealing just to get by, stack your money till the good sky. If this is your first time hearing this, you are about to experience something so cold, man. We never had nothing handed, took nothing for granted, took nothing from no man, man, I'm my own man. But as a shorty, I looked up to the dope man, only a dope man, I knew that wasn't broke, man. Flickin' start a coast, man, man, you don't know, man, we don't care what people say. Just for my niggas outside all winter, cause this summer they ain't finna stay next summer, I'm finna. Sitting in the hood like community colleges, this dope money here is Lil Trey Scholarship Cause ain't no tuition for having no ambition, and ain't no loans for sitting your ass at home. So we forced to sell crack rap and get a job. You gotta do something, man, your ass is wrong. Draw a drill and just to get by, stack your money till it gets All right, cut that shit. Cut that motherfucking shit off. Yeah, this is King Known Uncensored. You know what I'm saying? Got the hottest takes in the motherfucking streets right now. I ain't got no AKAs, nigga. This is a nickname within itself. But one thing, I'm going to call this episode Sick of Stacking because, god damn it, I am sick of this shit. Like, This ain't the NBA I grew up with. I can understand that things evolve, things change, and I can respect change, but to dwindle the league all the way down to two competitive teams while 28 other teams are unfairly going against these teams, just getting their ass whooped, that shit ain't right, that shit ain't right at all. I mean, the NBA is just making itself just look obvious. We know y'all want Lakers and Nets. Y'all tried to get that shit last year, but Anthony Davis was too brittle. LeBron didn't heal 100% from that injury and couldn't necessarily lead his team to the next round against the Suns team with no experience, by the way. Just had to put that out there. But Chris Paul, everyone else, first time in the playoffs. And, their first, and everybody's first time in the NBA Finals. Just saying. And this shit is getting out of hand. It's getting obvious. They want a money grab. And they know the biggest money grab is to put two exciting teams with a shit ton of All-Stars and former All-Stars into the NBA Finals. Now, DeAndre Jordan... Has officially signed to the Los Angeles Lakers and they also got Rondo this week as well how I feel about this is how much help does LeBron James and Anthony Davis need I mean goddamn, AD if healthy is like a top five player in this league LeBron James is a top 10 player in this league then you add the scoring of Carmelo the IQ of Rondo the defense and the rebounding and the high field goal percentage of DeAndre Jordan, who is also a former All-Star, believe it or not, I think. Let me double check that just to make sure, because I know a lot of y'all niggas is, you know, just got to make sure about that. Let me clarify that shit real quick. Yep, NBA All-Star 2017, that was four years ago. Then you add the the mid-range shooting and the post-game of Carmelo Anthony, the youth of Malik Monk and and, and Kendrick Nunn. Y'all niggas, these niggas, are they serious? Then you, you know, Mark Gasol is still on the team from what I hear. He's a multi-all-star. So what does that tell you exactly? That they're clearly setting this shit up for the Los Angeles Lakers to go to the finals. We know that Kawhi Leonard is hurt. So the Clippers are not going to be that same team. Utah got better. I'm gonna definitely um say that Utah is a better team than they were last year and they were the number 1 seed. Okay. Denver's really good, but I just can't I just can't trust the coach 100%. The Los Angeles Lakers are capable of making the finals this year. But will they I'm not so sure. I just feel like that team is a little bit old and injuries are bound to happen. I mean, Rondo's had an injury every year. I mean, LeBron James suffered a major ankle injury last year. Anthony Davis suffered injuries to his groin and to his, to his Achilles last year. Westbrook, you know, got injured during the playoffs last year. So honestly, they did have to load up due to that. But unfortunately you feel me. All right. And um, the, the Brooklyn Nets have made acquisitions as well. They signed Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge was medically cleared by doctors to rejoin the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Aldridge played half the year with the Nets and then had to unofficially retire due to a regular heartbeat. Now it seems like it's under control now that L.A. is back with Brooklyn. This Brooklyn team is good, too. Don't sleep on the Nets. I mean, obviously, they have the big three and Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. But also, that bench is crazy. Now, their starting point guard, I mean, it's Harden. Their two guard is Kyrie. Their three is Kevin Durant, or he might play a a stretch four. Joe Harris is probably going to start. And maybe, you know, it's center by committee. Because I'm pretty sure they're probably going to start... um, they're probably going to start uh, LaMarcus Aldridge at five. Then run Millsap. I mean, look at their bench. They have Patrick Mills. They have Patty Mills. They got Paul Millsap. They got Bruce Brown. They got um, Cam Thomas. Um, they got Sekou Dumbaya. They just recently acquired him from the Pistons. And um, they, they acquired somebody else. Jahlil Okafor, that's who they got. So, Brooklyn is stacking this team up too. Now, my thing is, okay, why are the Lakers and Nets the only two teams that can stack their team up? How come nobody else has a big three in this league? Nobody else has three superstars on their team. Russell Westbrook is still a superstar because he averaged a triple-double last year, first off. And then LeBron James is a walking 24-8-8. Anthony Davis, is, is if healthy, is, is, is a good 25-9. Could be 25-13 if he actually worked hard at it. Eh, I just don't like this shit, man. I mean, I like equal competition. I like upsets. I like underdogs in every facet of the sense. You know what I'm saying? But there are some really good teams in this league. But unfortunately, they're going to be overshadowed by the Lakers and the Nets. Now, I want to send a a special rest in peace to Michael K. Williams. Um, He was an actor. He was uh, most known for his role as Omar on The Wire. But my favorite role of his is actually on I Think I Love My Wife where he played Teddy, um, Nikki's, uh boyfriend. Or ex-boyfriend, should I say. You know, Teddy played a cu- cl- He was a club promoter. And he beat the shit out of Chris Rock. That shit was hilarious. But he was most known for Omar. Omar was the... Uh, The guy, he was like Robin Hood, literally like Robin Hood in the hood. He was robbing drug dealers. He never robbed innocent citizens. His targets were all the dope men in the neighborhood. And when he would come down the street, he would start whistling and he uh, brandished a shotgun. And unfortunately, Michael K. Williams uh, passed of a drug overdose on, uh, of fentanyl and heroin, heroin, or heroin, (laughs) but damn, man, please, please do not fuck with that fentanyl, I beg of y'all, do not do that shit, man, cause fentanyl took Mac Miller, fentanyl took a comedian this weekend, I heard four people, With Michael K. Williams included, overdosed on fentanyl, man. Leave that shit alone. I understand addiction is crazy in this country. I get it. People go through shit. and Addiction is a a disease. But please, please stop fucking with that fucking fentanyl. That shit not good for you. But, you know, I enjoyed Michael K. Williams acting. You know, he was in Lovecraft Country. He was on that boardwalk empire show on hbo he was a big cash cow fucking with hbo you know because he was a, a dope dealer himself that got addicted you know back in the streets you know he grew up in brook i think he grew up in uh, brooklyn if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong but um yeah man that's sad bro you know i feel you know condolences to uh his peers his family and everyone that knew him oh boy let's move on Kanye ends up selling 520,000 copies of Donda allegedly because when the numbers initially came out they said it was 309,000 copies so my question is which one is it let me google Kanye 520k okay. First week global album units. Because you gotta remember Kanye dropped this album on a Sunday. And they usually do like the cutoff on a Thursday for uh, the album sales. The album sales come out Friday morning, Thursday uh, afternoon, you know, type shit. But According to this article right here, Donda debuts with over 520 first-week global units. Now, I guess between Sunday, that Sunday and that Thursday, he sold 309,000. That, along with the uh, next week, combined into that 520,000. So, Donda's already gold. So that's what's up. I mean, as I explained on the on on my uh Donda review, the album is just me. But shout out to Kanye for putting up those numbers though. I mean that was very interesting. So let's look at uh, of certi- uh certified lover boy uh first week sales or the projections I should say. Now um, Drake is um, subject to possibly move in between 575 thousand copies and 625 thousand copies. So even with Kanye's boosted numbers, he still didn't beat Drake, which is crazy, but. Certified Lover Boy is not that much better than Donda. Despite people uh, giving crazy ass reviews on this shit. But as usual, the reviews are mixed on both albums. Now, on that same Drake album, um, I didn't realize he uh, shot a shot at Swiss Beats until I listened to that song again. It was the joint with. Rick Ross and Lil Wayne, he took a shot at him, and Drake flipped the beat. And um, this Swiss Beats, because Swiss Beats, you know, he had one too many, got on live with his chest out, started talking shit about Drake, talk about how he fight, and how he busts his ass. And Chubbs came out and was like, keep that same energy in person. And then Drake responded to him, despite Swiss Beats, you know, apologizing for his misconduct against the certified lover boy. You know? Honestly, I ain't gonna lie. I think Swiss could, be, could whoop Drake ass. That's just me. My money is on Swiss. I ain't gonna lie to you. If they was to uh, get into a boxing match, two, three rounds, I'm, I'm taking Swiss. So sue me. Ha! Huh, the irony. My, my favorite, one of my favorite Drake verses. <clears throat> but anyway, man, let's ooh, Let's talk about this Kawhi Leonard situation, bro. Oh boy, a lot of people have a lot to say. Even though Lou Will was probably the only one that gives him props for his work ethic, you know, being at the beginning of practice and after practice. Kyle Lowry had some interesting things to say about Kawhi Leonard. Very, very interesting. I'm trying to uh, get this information here about, you know, Kyle Lowry uh, playoff log because um, I got a lot to say about. Kyle Lowry. We're going to get right into it. This is like the main event of this show. All right. So he was on CJ McCollum's pull up podcast. Now shout CJ, uh, the, the president. All right. Kawhi and Lowry were teammates for one season. And it brought Toronto a championship. But it seems like Kyle Laurie, I from my standpoint, I believe I think he's jealous. And I'm gonna show you why he's jealous. Okay, because um, while talking to McCollum. Lowry responded by saying that Kawhi often rubs people the wrong way because of the way he operates. He will demand the ball in certain situations and go get a bucket, even if other players feel that they were open. While Lowry said this approach rubs some people the wrong way, he implied that there was a level of understanding on that Raptors team that Kawhi was the best player and they would live and die with the shots he takes. Bullshit. Cap. I call Cap. They didn't like that shit because Toronto, but prior to Kawhi arriving, they were a little bit more of a team ball team. And then you got Kawhi Leonard coming in to this situation where they already, you know, were a one seed in the, in the Eastern Conference. Despite me thinking that that one seed was, was fake as hell due to the fact that the, we, uh, the Eastern Conference was weak as hell. And they just took advantage just like all the other teams did. And they were proved to choke every single year. And I will put that information up momentarily. Now, as Lowry put it, big dog got to eat. What Lowry said about Kawhi is not... It's similar to what many teammates of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan have shared about them. Listen, man, Kyle, let me talk to you for a minute. Let me sit you down for a second, bro. Let me talk. I want to talk to Kyle Lowry real quick because in my personal opinion, I think that Kyle Lowry was upset that his role got diminished. Once, you know what I'm saying? Um, once uh, Kawhi Leonard got there because of the simple fact that um, Kyle, big dog, big homie, big Philly nigga, right? Philly, Philly cheesesteak, bro. Listen, bro. This is the same Kyle Lowry that's talking that used to be scared of game One. Y'all could Google it, look it up yourself. Kyle Lowry was scared of game ones. They would always get their ass busted in every game one. I can recall back in the day, Paul Pierce used to bust that ass back in the day, man. Paul Pierce would always bust Toronto ass. He was the Toronto Raptor killer. You ain't do shit about that. Then, the next season after that, John Wall and them sweep your ass. Including a game four loss. Y'all lost by 31 points. And the highest amount of points you scored was 21. Man, this thing just went crazy. Fuck it. But anyway, right? So... Basically, all right, let me see. Where was we at? Okay, then the next season, you guys actually make it to the Eastern Conference Finals where you face LeBron James. They take you six, but the last two games that y'all played, Cleveland, y'all lost by 38. And, And by the way, you were the best player at that time. Lowry was better than DeRozan at this time. You know, in the earlier years, you know, DeRozan was the best player. But then once Lowry started to enter his prime, this is what happened. So you did score 35 in that game six. More power to you. But you still lost by 38 points in game five. You lost by 26 points in game six. The next season... I guess y'all was the one seed or some shit like that. And you lose in the second round to a four seed Cavaliers te- Or was that a five seed? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, this was a four seed Cavaliers team that was not as good as the Cavs teams of years past. Toronto was better than them on paper. But you did show up in this series. You did have 21-point games, 27-point games, whatever. But in game four, in the final game, y'all lost by 35 points, and you only scored five points. Five points on two of seven shooting. In game four, you only took seven shots, and you just quit like a little bitch. You quit, homie. Then when you get a player of Kawhi's caliber, you go all the way to the finals and beat the defending champs. Even when Kevin Durant tried to fucking play on what was already technically a torn Achilles and he scored 11 points in 11 minutes. You have some big games. And you was talking about Big Dog Gotta Eat. Nigga you was eating too Nigga in one game you had In game 3 you had 23 points And 9 assists In game 5 You have 18 points In game 6 In the series clinching game You were huge in that game You had 26 points and 10 assists And 3 steals What the fuck is the problem He gave, man, Kawhi gave your funky ass the goddamn ball. And then, the next season without him, y'all lost in the second round of the playoffs to Boston. Now, granted, you did put up a fight in this series. You did have a 31-point game, 8-assist game. You did have a 22.11 rebound 7 assist game. You did have a 33 point, 8 rebound and 6 assist game. Enough respect, dude. But in that series clinching game 7, here's where Kyle Lowry falters. You're n- you you wasn't clutch that year. You were clutch in the uh in the NBA Finals. I give you that. You did hit some big shots. But here's the thing though. Kawhi and Siakam were the two best players in that series. And you were mad because you were the third wheel that year. Because Siakam had a breakout year. Kawhi Leonard was feeding off of him. And he wasn't feeding off of you. So, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, you definitely had a problem with it you didn't my my thing is with Kyle Lowry. Where was, those, where was that same energy the year that y'all won I ain't hear you speak of he rubbed the team the wrong way when um you won the damn championship you only speaking of this because what happened to y'all last year y'all ain't make the playoffs last year what was Toronto's record last year By the way, what was the Toronto Raptors record last season? Just for context, 27 and 35. And you are the leader of this team, right? You're the ambassador of the Toronto Raptors, right? Now, you did average pretty much um, 17 a game, seven assists. These are good numbers. But some leadership at 21 and 45. Now you talking all this shit when your team got a, you know, was top five in the lottery last year. You talking shit about Kawhi Leonard who is who was already successful before you, who already had won a championship before you before Kawhi Leonard y'all niggas was getting eliminated y'all was getting y'all ass whooped by LeBron James and the Cavaliers every year then when LeBron moved out west, and y'all acquired Kawhi Leonard, y'all won. But once Kawhi left, what y'all do after that? You did nothing. You ain't do shit. So he talk about big dog gotta eat. Feed that big dog, man, because you not one. Because they show ain't feeding your ass. Now you got a situation in Miami where you could contend. But let's see what you do this year to back up that big dog talk. Let's see if you could do it with Jimmy Butler. Now speaking of Kawhi, stand on that topic. Skip Bayless gives a ba- a terrible take about Kawhi. This nigga really got on live TV and said that Kawhi is the best skilled player or the best player we've seen since Michael Jordan. Man, I am sick and fucking tired of people skipping over Kobe Bryant in all time conversations and when we talk about the greatest players of all time. This nigga really skipped to Kawhi Leonard to compare him to Michael Jordan. Kawhi, first of all, Kawhi doesn't have nothing Jordan in him. Kawhi Leonard is quiet. He don't say too much of shit. Kawhi Leonard is very skilled and good on the defensive end only because he has big-ass hands. If he ain't had them big-ass hands, his defense wouldn't be like that. Michael Jordan... One defensive player of the year as a guard. That's tough to do. Only Gary Payton has done that. Defensive player of the year is usually a big man's award. Now, I mean, Kawhi does have a defensive player of the year. I understand. Kawhi is a great defensive player. But he is nowhere near Jordan's status. He's not Kobe's status. He's not better than Kevin Durant. So how the fuck? Do you skip over Kobe Bryant? Even Shannon Sharp, a person that I never agree with, said something I agree with. He said, I'm taking Kobe. Shannon Sharp said, I'm taking Kobe. I'm like, you motherfucking right, dog. I'm with you, Shannon, on that one. All right, let's move on. Now, Paul Pierce spoke out about his stint at ESPN. And here is the comment that he had to say. Now, he told Sports Illustrated that it wasn't a great fit. There's a lot of stuff over there that you can't say. And you have to talk about LeBron James all the time. I definitely laughed when I read that quote, because that's why I don't watch ESPN now is because they try to oversaturate you. With LeBron, 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 Cowboys, 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 Tom Brady, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady. Kill a nigga, shoot a nigga, pops there, pop perk, pop this, pop this, smoke this, leave that, drink this, do that. Type shit. <laughs> Shout out to Kwame. But um, you know what I mean, bro. That's all they talk about, man. It's not they talk about Le, LeBron like he's the only nigga that plays basketball. Like Kyrie Irving isn't good. Like, like Anthony Davis isn't a great basketball player. Like, Kevin Durant isn't great. Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Negro, you know, the guy that's the finest finals MVP that dropped 50 in a classic game six of the NBA finals, which will be remembered forever in his career. You know, that guy. Pierce said the network never asked him to apologize. His agent suggested that he do it so it wouldn't affect Hall of Fame voting this upcoming year. Pierce ended up making a Hall of Fame even though he did not follow through with his agent's suggestion. Paul Pierce also said, come on, I didn't do anything uh, uh, illegal. These motherfuckers in the Hall of Fame, some did cocaine. They committed battery. What the fuck did I do? I was just having a good time. All the people coming after me. Half of you motherfuckers did the same shit. you just hiding it. All of you are married while you're doing it. I'm divorced. I'm retired. I'm having fun. That's right, Uncle Pete. Talk that shit, man. Talk that fucking shit, Paul Pierce. You see... A lot of people forgot. Paul Pierce was a bad motherfucker. Now, he wasn't better than... A lot of the superstars in that era but he competed with those guys like this dude beat kobe bryant in the lakers and won a finals mvp a lot of motherfuckers forget that shit a lot of niggas got amnesia now paul pierce might not be a top 50 player but he had some moments him and lebron james used to go at it like in their primes him and lebron used to go at it back and forth neck and neck. Sometimes LeBron beat him. Sometimes Paul Pierce beat him. It was even keel As far as the competition, we know LeBron James is way better than Paul Pierce. We're not going to debate that. I'm just saying, them niggas went at it back in the day. But, let's move on to Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace says that... um. You know, he made some interesting comments that I want to uh, clarify. Rasheed Wallace reveals that he does not think that Kevin Durant and LeBron James would have been the same players in his era. He says that he probably would have done LeBron would have probably done good with his physical stature with him being bigger than the majority of the rest of the players. So he probably would have held his own, but I don't think he would be successful as he is now. It was a whole different era back then. I couldn't necessarily say that he would have been a beast, but I think he would have held his own. You know what, y'all? I actually agree with this. You want to know why I actually agree with this take? It's very simple. If LeBron would have played in the 90s, yes, he would have got off on his physical ability, but he wouldn't be as successful because the competition in the Eastern Conference was very rough. The Western Conference, if LeBron was in the West, they could have got to a couple of finals, I think. But LeBron would not have went to 10 finals if he would have came up in the 90s. He could have probably went to three or four Possibly would have took home a couple rings, maybe, depending on who they put around him. Because the Cavs in the 90s was pretty fucking good, if you ask me. I mean, Mark Price, Craig Elo. You know what I'm saying? Brad Dorchy. He would have fit right in. I think he would have got Cleveland, you know what I'm saying, to a finals. But uh, nobody was getting shit with Michael Jordan playing. I'm just trying to tell you. I think he would have had to wait till Mike left. But I agree with Rasheed Wallace on LeBron James 100%. And then also you have to add in the fact that LeBron James is not mentally strong. You know, especially when he was younger, he was mentally weak. Despite his talent, his IQ, and physical stature. I don't think that Braun would have been as successful. A lot of people talk a lot of shit about this era is so strong. This era's this. This era is that bigger, stronger, and faster than the older eras. I don't agree with that shit. There was some strong, fast, big motherfuckers back in the day, like the, through the sixties through the two thousands. Like, y'all forgot how strong Dominique Wilkins was. Michael Jordan was bulked up, put some weight on. Karl Malone was strong as shit. Anthony Mason, strong as shit. Patrick Ewing was, was strong as shit. You know what I'm saying? We can keep going here. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, enough said. Two, two seven footer, You know, Paul, uh, Bill Bill Russell was like uh, 6'9". Wilt Chamberlain was like seven foot one who could run faster than a guard, who could jump higher than every fucking body and bench press almost 600 pounds. In that fucking argument, all right, so how come the players of the 60s to the 2000s, right? How come they could play 82 games, all 82 of them motherfuckers, not miss a game due to injury, right and then play in the playoffs you know a lot of these guys are bruised up are deemed up and they're playing through injuries during the playoffs and they're not tearing their ACLs they're not fucking their ankles up they're not tearing ligaments in their knee and they're going off to play the Olympics remaining healthy right 60s to the 2000s right all these motherfuckers playing all the games and shit how come in this era everybody is getting hurt suffering major injuries you look at the last couple of seasons and look at who's been hurt i mean steph curry's been hurt you know clay thompson had two major injuries happen to him meanwhile before he was like one of the nba's Ironmen. look at kyrie irving's injury history Look at Kevin Durant coming back from a torn Achilles. Look at LeBron James suffering a, a, a major groin injury that still hasn't 100% healed yet. He had an ankle injury last season that just recently healed. You he had Anthony Davis in the playoffs fucking up his uh, Achilles throughout the season and then fucking up his groin. Adding on to the injuries. You had Donovan Mitchell playing on a fucked up ankle the same ankle that ended his season last year you got Kawhi Leonard out this season with a torn Achilles so why are these new generation athletes who are supposed to be bigger stronger faster than the old era getting hurt even Giannis even Giannis hyperextended his knee almost tore his shit in the, fin- uh, in the uh, conference finals. What the fuck is y'all talking about? Bigger, stronger, faster. If you make the NBA, you know, a majority of players, you know, are going to be bigger, stronger, and faster. In general. So stop with this era comparison shit. And stop acting like this is the 40s and the 50s NBA. With all those noodle-armed, pale motherfuckers nah dog once bill russell and Wilt chamberlain came to the nba everybody started recruiting players that were either seven feet tall or just as strong as those niggas and once the game evolved into what it is today it evolved now let's see what rasheed wallace had to say about kevin durant He was on the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast with a uh, and Wallow. Um, they asked him would Kevin Durant be a beast back in the day. He said in that, she said in that era, no, I don't think he would have had too much success. Now he's a monster. You have to look at it this way. Back then there were a lot of post ups. Back then the game was inside out. Now it's inside in. Oh, she, 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 she. You couldn't, have, you couldn't be more wrong. You couldn't be more wrong, Rasheed. Here's why. Kevin Durant is a seven foot player that has the handles of a guard that can actually post up, Rasheed. That's the part that you forgot. Kevin Durant can post up. He has a good turnaround mid-range jumper. He has a three point shot on him. He's efficient at the free throw line. And he's athletic enough to finish at the rim. Now, back in the day, would they have been physical with him? Yes, they would have. But guess what? Kevin Durant would have figured out, hey, I need to put some muscle on. Just like Michael Jordan did. Just like Bob Pettit did. When he said he used to go against the Celtics, they used to whoop his ass. But he got into the gym. And then the next season, they ended up winning the championship. But Kevin Durant would have been successful. In the 90s, because of the simple fact that there has not been a talent, there wasn't no talent like that except Tracy McGrady. That was probably the only guy that had Kevin Durant's skill set. Because but the crazy part is he's Kevin Durant is taller than Tracy McGrady. But he has that um how can I say this? Kevin Durant has the wingspan to get that shot off, just like T-Mac did. He was athletic like T-Mac. T-Mac was just slightly stronger than KD. KD also plays defense. That's an underrated aspect of his his game. And KD would have probably been a better rebounder because he's seven feet, and he would have been asked to do so. Now, I understand in the 90s that If you were seven feet tall and shit, they would would have probably tried to change his game. I can understand that. But if he got with the right team, I remember when Durant first came in the league. He was doing this shit back then. Kevin Durant would have had a field day. He would have revolutionized basketball if he would have came out in the 90s. He would have been successful. Now, as far as winning championships, I don't know. It's just like LeBron's case. Same thing. He might win maybe one or two championships, if that. But I don't agree with Rashid's statement on that. I think Kevin Durant, you know, Kevin Durant is also competitive. He loves basketball. He is a baller. He will randomly pull up on any court and just play ball. He's just that nice. But as far as his comments towards LeBron James, um, I agree with it somewhat. And it's crazy that um you know they they ask questions would LeBron and Kevin Durant be soft. Now LeBron mentally maybe have been soft, but physically no. I think he could have. I think LeBron and Kevin Durant could have played both late in the '90s. Personally, they definitely could have did their thing. You understand me? Man, fuck this instrumental. By the way, I gotta delete that one. (laughs) Get that young junkie shit out of here. But the crazy part is, you know, LeBron did play. The crazy part about it is. LeBron James did play in Rasheed Wallace's era, you know, they ended up beating us in the conference finals in 2007, but that Pistons team was not the uh, Eastern Conference champs of the yesteryear, this was a team that was at the end of their rope, the players were aging, Rasheed Wallace was not 4 Rasheed Wallace anymore. Matter of fact, how old was he in 2007? For context reasons. A lot of people like to brag about LeBron beating the Pistons. When Ben Wallace wasn't there. That was the defensive anchor. In 06 when we played them, we beat Cleveland in seven games. We knew LeBron James was coming. We knew, we knew LeBron was about to take over the, the Eastern Conference. We saw it. But that year, he was 32 uh, years old. Um, he did only average 12 points per game. He wasn't the same she At all. And LeBron did dunk on that nigga in that series. So LeBron... Could have played in that era. I think Rasheed is still kind of salty. I mean, I'm salty about uh, about it because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Pistons. I don't like what LeBron did to us over the years. I still remember that shit. That's why he always and forever will be my uh, my op. Straight like that. But last but not least. Oh, man. Prayers go out to Cedric Sabalas. He is uh, fighting COVID-19 and he's... Not doing quite well, but he remains very optimistic that he will beat this shit. Prayers go up to Cedric Ceballos, man. He was a, a former NBA player. He was a serviceable veteran across the league. You know, he's most known for playing with the Lakers in the uh, late '90s, and he's also known for uh, the blindfolded dunk and the uh, and one of the dunk contests. I forgot what year it was. It might have been '94 could have been 93 or 94 that he did that dunk. I think he was a member of the Suns at that time. Yeah, so it had to be 93. But prayers go up to uh, Cedric Sabalis And uh, rest in peace to Michael K. Williams. This is uh, Keaton known Uncensored. Sick of stacking. And I'm out of here.